Misfits. I'm Marissa. I'm Julie. I'm Bailey. And today we are talking a little bit about vaginal health and vaginal health care and what you need to do to take care of your own body. So um, we did some light research and reading to kind of find out more about all of this and how we can better portray, better educate everyone else about it because I feel like we knew the basics, but it's hard to like put it into words and explain things, I think. So, um, I think we're gonna go into just like the words that are correct to use for the vagina, slash not the vagina, slash the vulva, mm -hmm. because the vulva is the entirety, right? Or the outside. Mm -hmm. No, it's the entirety. The entirety? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, yeah, the vulva is the whole outside. And then yeah. the, the vagina is it's the literally canal just the canal yeah. that goes inside. The yeah. vulva is more of like an umbrella term. Yes. For everything. For like right. the lips. And but the people clothes. use yeah. the word vagina as an umbrella term, and that is incorrect. Incorrect. Yes. Yeah. Technically incorrect. So we have the vulva, which is the small portion of the inner lips that can be seen between the outer lips you cannot see the vagina from the outside good to know and then yeah so we're looking at a diagram right now but it's hard to make this work for a podcast i think so i guess we'll just like the major parts are just the vulva the labia and Vagina and the clitoris, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your urethra, I guess. And yeah, <laughs> your urethra. Yeah, it's in there. It's just not. You don't pee out of your vagina. Right. As a lot of people think. Yeah, I. Yeah, a lot of people do think that. Mm -hmm. That is. I thought that for the longest time. I thought it too. Yeah. I remember thinking that when I was little. Mm -hmm. I think, but. I don't think I really like, questioned where it came from. It was just. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's kind of anatomical and we can kind of talk about do you guys want to talk about shaving yeah. and yeah. like our personal experience I in the past have gone full nothing mm -hmm. shaved it all and I think that I have like a weird thing for hair because I grow hair like everywhere I do too so it's like <laughs> it's um very it's, it's a lot. And it's, so, a, it's a big task. Yeah, so. it is a big task. And I feel like I feel more like comfortable and sexy when I do shave it all, which is like a weird, I think, thing because only children don't have hair there, right? Well, I feel like a lot of people like feel that same way. And I think a lot of times it's not necessarily because that's what makes them, or like that's what they want to do. It's what they think they have to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm which kind of sucks. Like, if you want to do it, go for it. If you don't, like, it's fine. Yeah. And I think that, so in my past relationship, I did mm -hmm. just shave everything. And I think that that was partially because I was worried about what he was going to think if I did it. Mm -hmm. And I think, for, like, that's really probably not the best way to go into it, I guess. But also, I was kind of, I mean, thinking about, like, the other side and, like, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't want to put, like, my mouth on, like, a bunch of hair, <laughs> right? So, like, I was like, mm, maybe I'm, like, thinking about it too much in that way. But I think what I'm going to try to do for, like, the next time I'm in a sexual relationship mm -hmm. is just, like, keeping it trimmed and, like, maybe just shape, like, on the parts that mm -hmm. grows off onto my legs because mm -hmm. I don't like that part. Yeah. But Or maybe just, like, ask him. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like yeah, if you have a consistent partner, I guess it's definitely a good idea to maybe ask. And if it's something that you feel like you cannot commit to fully every yeah. single time, I mean, let them know that too, because ultimately, ultimately, it is your decision. Well, and then <laughs> I read somewhere Abby, the other day. <laughs> oh, I'm Abby. <laughs> I like to listen in and drink my coffee. Um, I read somewhere the other day, and it was called, me and Bailey have talked about this, a shaving superstition. And um, basically the idea is like, I mean, and we live in hookup culture, so it's probably not for like someone that you're seeing like long term, which is a lot more 
um, healthy, I would say. But um, the shaving superstition is that when you shave um, your vulva, that you don't end up hooking up with someone and then when the times that you like have yeah. not in forever of course that's the time so that you true. end up like going home with someone mm-hmm. and I don't know I thought that was really funny because it goes back to like girls being so insecure because like or whoever being so insecure about what their partner thinks mm-hmm. and I think because I mean you're right I think that's why people shave I don't I mean and some people do it because it makes them feel better and yeah but um I think it at the end of the day it really does come down to like the insecurity of what would they might think of you which sucks because they're already seeing you naked anyways so yeah. that should be like yeah. the most like minute part care. right <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly yeah it's true but yeah it's like you if you shave before you go out it's like you're expecting it and so it doesn't happen and so the like the time where you're like oh nothing's gonna happen I'm not gonna shave like that's when you hook up with someone and it's true. It <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I just some funny. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> I think because like I don't know. I'm not. I don't go out because I'm really boring. I don't really. But <laughs> yeah. So like I never have even like my freshman year. I didn't like. Woo. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't like that like atmosphere of like capital and. You walk out feeling like a human cigarette. Like, yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Like it's disgusting. Yeah, it's I went to the thing for DC Miracle, but that was fun because like no one was smoking and it was like a really small group of people. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, so like I don't have any experience with that in particular mm-hmm. because I. But I also came into college in a long distance, in a long term, long distance relationship, mm-hmm. and that did not end until last night. December Mm -hmm. so like coming in with that has like made me very like away from the I guess the like hookup culture or like even just college dating because Mm -hmm. like he went to a different school and all of that so it was very I don't know but yeah I also have um read a little bit about how shaving affects health and so it does, in certain ways, make you more susceptible to different um, STDs and or STIs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, different STIs and different um, things because you are opening the um, when you shave, you're opening the skin, kind of mm-hmm. like your yeah. The hair acts as a barrier, right? Exactly, there's and less so of something there protecting you. yes, and so there's not protectant kind of. There. It's the same way your eyebrows keep your eyes from getting sweaty. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always, after shaving, like, the first day, it's fine. Like, and then the next day, I got the bumps and mm-hmm. the, all the lovely things that come along with shaving. <laughs> um, Too real. Yeah. And I definitely noticed, like, in high school, if I would shave, because I, for some reason... When I was like a lot younger, I would shave even when I didn't have a boyfriend for mm-hmm. some reason, just because I guess it made me more comfortable. Can't relate now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I would like try to shave too early, like, mm-hmm. and I would bleed. Yeah, and that that was like if you don't have any hair to shave off, oh, mm-hmm. it's painful. Yeah, or if it's too short, and then you shave it and you still mm-hmm. bleed, that's not fun. There's either. a like you can buy it at CVS and Walgreens. It's called Bikini Zone. It's like this thick gel. Oh. It's pretty much sh- a shaving gel just for like your vulva and your bikini line, and it is very helpful for like the bumps and the because your skin is so sensitive down yeah. there. So oh, good to yeah. know. Yeah. So next time. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick that up next time. <laughs> All right. Have any of y'all ever waxed? Yeah, I have. Really? Mm -hmm. I would do it again. Like, I mean, it's not a fun time when it's happening. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've done it twice, and it's not that bad. I've heard once you wax, you can never go back to... Yeah. Yeah. It's just so expensive. Mm -hmm. Like, do you get, like, a full Brazilian? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't haven't done it in... I think the last time I did it was, like, sophomore year, so, like, two years ago. But I did it for spring break just because yeah. it would be easier. That's what my friend did, and she said mm-hmm. it was the best decision because mm-hmm. she did not have to worry. Yeah, it was a, it was like great. It's just like forty or fifty bucks. What's so. the grow back process like? I mean, people always say that like once you wax it, like it grows back like thinner, which like 
I didn't get that because yeah. I think you have to consistently do that. But I mean, it's not like completely bare for like weeks, like it says. It just like kind of grows back a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like the hair isn't as like blunt because you didn't shave it, so it's like completely oh. like regrowing. Oh, okay, gotcha. I Definitely think it might be like case by case too mm-hmm. because um, one of my friends was like she did not even see anything for like a week and a half. And I think that is just crazy. That is crazy. I know. Yeah. I would be. I've, I would be I like, is there something that. wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Because mine grows back like basically the next day. Mm-hmm. Like it's there. Yeah, it's there <laughs> the next day. I have some some crazy hair that just like really <laughs> goes for it, you know. I personally prefer to like kind of keep mine shaved because I don't know. Mine gets like itchy. If it gets yeah. too long, like yeah. I don't know. I have to at least keep it trimmed because mm-hmm. that's like because it'll get too long and then it's like in the way kind of of just like regular yeah. activities mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like no I need this gone and so I'll trim it off with scissors love that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah I I think I do like like having it shaved i just don't like the afterwards the of like that just so much. yeah so much but i can't do full like a full 70s commitment i just <laughs> no <laughs> i can't That's either just I don't not think. and i don't think that like anyone really in our generation is like that either yeah. as far as i know yeah. i, I mean know. i have friends Maybe. who are like yeah like shaving theirs like not a feminist act i guess yeah or they kind of too. feel like that way and I don't feel that way just because mm-hmm. I feel like there's, like, so much. It can be a feminist act if it's, like, what you want to do. If it's That's what, what you want to do. That's what I'm saying. I think it can be a feminist act. And I think it's, like, close-minded if you're saying that by shaving, it's you're not being feminist. Yeah. But as long as it's, like, what you want to do yeah. and, like, it's your decision, then. I think you have to make it your, I think you have to make it yours, right? Like, yeah. you have to make sure you're not, like, doing it because, oh, Martin, the guy I'm hooking up with, like, wouldn't like it if yeah. I wasn't right so I think you have to you have to make it your own mm-hmm. to make it a feminist act <laughs> right but yeah so I think I have a thing for that too um so the vagina's natural um kind of <clears throat> environment is an acidic environment and I'm trying to find the exact um like pH number because it's in here somewhere. Um, but is it one of the points? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. The vagina has a pH of 3.5 to 4.5 on the acidic side, though not as much as lemon juice or soda. So, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think the, um, from what I've read and from what I've researched, vagina is acidic to protect it. Um, and so, uh, there's like a lot of things that you can do. You have to, it's very, it's a very delicate ecosystem, so it can get thrown off by different things. So don't douche. That's like a big deal. Yeah, it says that it's supposed to like help with the pH balance but like it does that on its own so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. vagina's self-cleaning so like if you have discharge that's normal because it's cleaning itself and I think there's like there was this weird movement I think on the internet where you were like supposed to take a picture of your underwear and if you had no discharge like that was like good what yeah gross which is first of all gross and second of all like no that's not good like these girls are lying like on the internet yeah pictures of like Clean underwear. Yeah, clean underwear. To impress some yeah. dumb boy on Twitter. Yeah, like exactly. That's so weird. It what was are your so thoughts weird. on um, Summer's Eve? Because I've heard like mixed reviews from so, nurses. Yeah, I've also seen mixed reviews. Like yeah. when I did research on it, because as um, a teen, I got a lot of yeast infections, and mm-hmm. I thought it was because I was dirty, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, like I need to clean, but from what. So from the different things that I've read, either it's bad or it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. I think, for the most part, you're really not supposed to use scented products mm-hmm. there. And I feel like all the Summer's Eve stuff is scented. They're not scented because I did look into that. Really? But like from what I've learned in the 
the past is just the best way to take care of your vagina is to not do anything. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, really good at taking care of itself. Yeah. So, and I think that it has, because there was one time I used it for a little while because I had um, bacterial vaginosis, and I think it made it worse. Yeah. And because I thought it was going to help it, but it didn't. Yeah. I, um, yeah, as a child who had, not a child, but a teen <laughs> that had, like, multiple yeast infections in one year, I think I had six, um, oh, which is, like, sucks. not good. Yeah, it, it was horrible. But it wasn't, like, necessarily because of, like, not being clean. It was just, like, my, like, the pH of my vagina being thrown off because that's when, because when you're not as acidic is when the yeast grows because the acidity keeps the yeast in check because you're supposed to have a certain amount of yeast in your vagina but not to the point of like where it grows too mm-hmm. too much it's taken over yes so i spent a lot of money on monostat mm, that sucks of money on monostat uh the cheapest place to get monostat is walmart it's five dollars there <laughs> <laughs> do not buy the brand name because that's just no not good so um in this book called the v book by elizabeth g stewart She's a medical doctor. We have um, 10 rules of vaginal health to remember. So I'm going to kind of read these a little bit. So lay the groundwork. Good health, good general health is the best defense against infections and problems anywhere in the body, including your genitalia. So it's worth repeating. Eat well, get adequate sleep, and exercise at least a few days a week. Have smart sex. (coughs) That means... Have one partner, learn your partner's sexual history, and use a condom. You are unlikely to contract sexually transmitted disease if you have intercourse with only one person who has intercourse with only you. But be aware that a partner with cold sores, herpes, herpes simplex, virus type 1, my eyes falling so much, um, can give you genital herpes. Interesting. Is that true? Let's say it again. If, if your partner has a cold sore, and I guess you have oral sex... You can get herpes. Yeah. yeah, it's herpes type one. There's different types. In your gen- so there's herpes types. Herpes type one, which is a cold sore in your mouth, mm-hmm. and which is like super common. And then there's herpes type two, which is genital herpes, and that's like the sex. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. And but if yeah, if someone has herpes type one, aka cold sore, and they like do oral sex, you can get herpes type one in your genitals. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds terrible. I would not want to have a cold sore there. Um, And then this says, a partner who does not know he or she has genital herpes or warts can pass genital herpes or warts to you. This is a common problem. Do not have vaginal intercourse immediately after anal intercourse unless your partner washes first. It's the same with STIs, though, too. Yeah. If you don't know they have it, and they probably don't know they have it if they're having sex with you. Yeah. Any... It's just... If you're having sex with a partner with a penis, it is advisable to use a condom. Anytime. Period. Period. That's it. Especially if you don't. Welcome to our TED Talk. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you don't know them well, yes. Um, This says to have have sex with one partner. I am not going to say that that's like the only way to go. The only way to go. Like, you can have sex with multiple people as long as you're being safe about it. Be on birth control. Wear, like, have them wear a condom. Don't let men try to trick you into not wearing a condom or guilt you into not wearing a condom because the condom is important Mm -hmm. and does not affect them in the way that it affects you. So their temporary temporary pleasure does not... um, it shouldn't negate your health. Yeah, your health or your body in the chance of pregnancy or anything like that. So, um, Amen. from what I, from my experience, men, it really isn't that, it's not that much of a difference. It. They can get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even worth, that's, to me, that's not even worth discussing. If you're not going to wear a condom, I'm not having sex with you. Yeah. So, get out of here. Yeah. So, 
Um, and then what else? This says do not douche unless your clinician specifically recommends douching. Although you may believe you need cleaning out, this practice can destroy the normal bacteria in the vagina, causing infection to occur. Remember that menstruation is not dirty. Everything that makes up the menstrual flow is natural and healthy. The body works so that there is no harmful residues. Um, which is very important. I think also people may douche because they feel like their vagina like doesn't smell right or they're like worried about their natural scent which is like but um i think males are innately attracted to that sense Mm -hmm. so scent not sense but (laughs) so uh, it's funny that again yeah it smells bad but guys like it yeah it's like a pheromone (laughs) in a way (laughs) yeah so don't be worried about the way that your vagina smells because your vagina's not gonna smell like flowers or cherries or anything like that. It's gonna smell like a vagina. But with that being said, um, if it's smelling like, yeah, I don't know, abnormal, abnormal, yes, yes, then that's when you should go see a doctor. Yeah, because sometimes that can be linked to exactly. Other problems. I think it's important to know what you smell like normally, mm-hmm. so that you can determine when something is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that we're like kind of biologically inclined to know that Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so I think the might be in here but from what I have researched it seems like like a fishy smell like overly Mm -hmm. fishy smell um it smells kind of like um for me like when I had yeast infections it would smell kind of like like bread like Hmm, I've heard that. Yeah, in (laughs) a weird way, like, it would smell like bread. And so, like, just knowing what you, um, what you smell like naturally is really important, too. And that's why you should get to know your private parts. Mm -hmm. Know your body. Know your body. So, then we have skip the scents, which we kind of already talked about. Um, avoid feminine hygiene sprays, scented deodorant, tampons or pads, or spraying perfumes in the vaginal area. Sure, they smell nice, but all can lead to irritation or an allergic reaction. Besides, if you're healthy, your own natural scent is not bad or in need of masking. I wonder why they would even make scented products if they're horrible for you. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I'm sure it's to cater to people who think that they shouldn't smell a certain way, mm-hmm. which so like, wrong. is so wrong, exactly. People just need to educate themselves. Yeah, I think it's really important to know that stuff. Cause like I, but also I think in a, I don't understand why they still make them, right? Because even in, like, the care and keeping of you, I think that American Girl book, they said not to buy scented, like, period products. And so it just doesn't make sense to me why they would continue to create those products when there's no need for them. Maybe they profit profit off people. Oh, yeah. That are... Feel like they need it. For sure. For sure. Um... If you have sensitive skin or have vulvar problems, don't even use fabric softener or bleach to clean underwear. They coat every fiber of your underpants with potentially irritating residue. It's best to wash underwear in a mild, fragrance-free soap and rinse thoroughly. If you're vulnerable to vulvar problems, white cotton underwear is your safest bet to minimize irritation. Interesting. I don't wash my underwear separately from my other clothes. I don't either. So. I've never even thought about that. Yeah. That would be too much, like, extra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess if you do have, like, if you have an irritation to scents and stuff, probably do go by that um, advice and maybe wash your underwear and stuff separately. But I'm sure you would know if you needed to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't overprotect. Do not wear a pad or a panty liner every day of your life. Repeated use can be abrasive and irritating. Limit use to a few days at a time. If you have so much wetness that you seem to require daily protection, find a clinician to help you pinpoint the cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Discharge is normal, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Um, use tampons wisely. Choose the right absorbency for the day of your cycle and change it regularly. Every two to six hours, depending on flow. Um, I, when I had, when I was not on birth control, I had a very heavy period, so I would have to change a super tampon after, like, two hours. Um, yeah. Um, but, well, that was, like, on the first few days, but I now... I people. I know yeah. so many people that have that problem, but that makes me so sad. It's not fair. Yeah, it was really not 
fun. And, like, I just remember always bleeding through. Like, I there was never a day where I didn't find out I needed to change my tampon by bleeding through it. Wow. Which is, like, horrible. <laughs> um, but now I use a menstrual cup, which I love dearly. I really want to try one. I do, too. I've heard really good things. I love it. Um, my best friend, Shelby, introduced me to it because she... I remember we talked, we kind of talked, when I first met her, um, we kind of talked about that stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, I hate, I hate pads that wear tampons, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I hate pads and tampons, and I was like, what? (laughs) She was like, I use a menstrual cup, and I was like, oh, I've been wanting to try that, and I remember I, like, when I was in high school, I had, like, told my mom, like, I want to get this, and she was like, okay, but I'm not buying that for you. I was like, what? (laughs) It's like the same thing. Yeah, exactly, and so. Where do you buy them? I got mine on Amazon. So, I think I've definitely seen them at like CVS. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So do for you, sure. Do you just have one for your t- the, the entire period? I've had yeah, I've had one wow. for my I one had one for a year. Wow. Over a year actually, I got mine for I had mine for a year in October, and it is like, yeah, it's probably the best like period decision I've ever made. How do I you make work? so you <laughs> I like Jesus. get up on my soapbox about this because I love my menstrual cup um and like Shelby would be so proud when she listens to this she'll be so happy um so what you do is so it's like this big and like that wide right mm-hmm. kind of um and so there's two sizes there's one size for if you um have had a baby and one if you have not um, I think you can use the big one if you have a really heavy flow, too, just because it, like, will Makes catch sense. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I used the smaller one, um, and you fold it. So you – there's a bunch of different folds, which um, eventually we'll have, like, a Lady Bits Live where we will talk about the different um, period collection methods, and we'll do, like, like, some tutorials on how to fold menstrual cups and stuff like that. But, um, so I use a fold that's kind of, it's called the push down method. So if you have the cup, you push down the side into it. And so it kind of goes into like a a smaller fold and then Mm -hmm. you push it up and it unfolds when it's back, when it's inside. Mm -hmm. And so it just catches everything and, um, you can leave it in for 12 hours. Um, and then, so I literally will take it out. You empty it into the toilet, you go, you wash it with, um, an unscented. So I, I just use like the dial soap Mm -hmm. and um you wash it and then you put it back in and I just change mine in the morning and the night and that's it and it catches everything like I've had some issues with um like leaking only Mm -hmm. if like it didn't unfold Mm -hmm. or if like for some reason I put it in wrong Mm -hmm. um you can't feel it even though it's like you're like oh that's big but it's not that big um and it's so awesome because like literally like the thing is like you'd never have to change it like basically you change it every 12 hours which is really um nice and my like I love it because of the fact that it will catch everything like it's just like kind of a catch-all and there's no waste Mm -hmm. right so I'm not throwing out tampons or pads or anything and um yeah, it's just very convenient, but people are, like, not – I feel like it's not as commonplace because people are really uncomfortable with their vagina and they don't mm-hmm. want to put their hands in it. Yeah. So um, I, like, don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a really easy fix for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really nice alternative, I think, especially if you're trying to, like, reduce your waist or things like that. I will truly go out and buy one now. I've never met anyone that's actually used one. I so love it. Yeah, you've convinced me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we try to convert all of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever force you out to wash it? Mm-mm. Well, okay. So I think like in the beginning, I was like kind of grossed out by, I guess, the blood. Mm-hmm. But um, after a while, you kind of get used to it, and you're just like comfortable with like what your body creates, kind of. Yeah. And, um, no, it's never been, like, gross to me. I know Wayne and I talked to, like, my mom about it. She's like, that's disgusting. Yeah. But I think it's honestly more gross in, like, a pad or a tampon because when you're – when so another thing about the menstrual cup is, like, it doesn't smell, right, because it's inside. So, mm-hmm. like, when the blood is um, exposed to air is when it starts to smell. Mm-hmm. So that's why – like, it smells in, like, a tampon or a pad, whereas, like, 
and a menstrual cup you just pour it out and there's nothing Mm -hmm. so you see the blood but it's not like there's this like aroma or anything (laughs) that like you're like grossed out by so no um I'm not but it took a little while to get used to it I think yeah so yeah I really um enjoy my menstrual cup it makes my life easier Mm -hmm. so our next um number number seven is rethink powders talc particles and talcum powder can work their way up the vagina to the pelvis talc may be associated with an increased risk of ovarian cancer cornstarch is a safe substitute read label read labels carefully some so-called baby powders contain talc others contain cornstarch some perfume powders are talc free but combined with the natural oil like secretions of the vulva they wind up having the texture of pudding to avoid this pasty problem fluff fluff away only on the abdomen buttocks and thighs um but note that you're there's a still risk of developing a skin or v sensitivity to the chemicals in the scent what is, what is that powder for i've never heard of i that. guess like maybe to like freshen things. freshen things up i don't know this is an older book i think it was um published in 2002 yeah so it's a little bit older maybe powdering was a thing back then yeah i think that there's like lawsuits though because of ovarian cancer and stuff against um i i don't know the exact company so i don't want to say it but i think there are some lawsuits about that which is very interesting i have never used any kind of powder in that region so yeah i didn't know that baby powder was for anyone but babies (laughs) (laughs) so the next thing is um loosen up thongs snap crotch bodysuits or tight spandex garments such as leotards or tights can rub back and forth during exercise they can trap sweat leading to irritation even cracking of the skin best bet Loose cotton pants, such as yoga pants. The point of exercise, after all, is to keep yourself healthy. It's a nice way to put it. Yeah. I, uh, when I exercise, I don't wear any underwear, so I just wear leggings, which works for me. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, but I am also a thongs-only person. Me too. Um, so. Not, not <laughs> really? I. Really? I love some granny panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm uncomfortable in anything but a thong. I am too. I am too, and I think it's kind of like um, shaving. Like, yeah. that's my comfortable thing yeah. when it comes it's to underwear. But apparently thongs aren't that healthy for you. I know. But I've never had any issue with it. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't had an issue with it either. When I was having all my yeast infections in high school, I thought that maybe that was the cause, but then I bought a bunch of, like, cheeky underwear, Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't really help, Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm just going to continue wearing thongs because that's what's comfortable for me. I think also I wear leggings a lot, and I just... Panty yeah, lines out, are out, scary. Out, out, out. And I mean, if, I, if I'm wearing leggings, I wear, like, no, no, a thong no. or yeah. seamless. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I just, like, I'm just more comfortable in a thong for whatever reason. And it seems like, oh, that's, like, so uncomfortable. Not for me. Mm-mm. I can't even feel it. Yeah. I can't relate, but I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's whatever whatever works for you mm-hmm. is my thing. It's, like, if it works for you, it works mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> next is bathe right. Frequent lengthy soaks in very hot water can dry and irritate skin. So, so can using pure soap such as ivory. If you're hooked on really hot showers or baths, limit your time in the water to three minutes. Three minutes. Ah. You're not gonna run a bath again for three minutes. <laughs> Best advice: use comfortably warm water with a mild soap such as Dove, Basis, or Neutrogena. Never scrub the vulva with a sponge, loofah, or a buff puff. <laughs> your fingertips or a soft cloth are sufficient pat dry gently i like my shower water to feel like it's coming out of hell so <laughs> um <laughs> i cannot relate to that and i will continue to take very hot showers <laughs> as i'm sure everyone else will. <laughs> yeah I don't know who uh, likes it. Three minutes. It three sounds like minutes. a drill sergeant. I know. <laughs> that's, like, that's like when you're at camp and they give you like right. three minutes to shower. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> oh my god, camp. <laughs> In my dorm right now, we have a lot of issues with water, which is really unfortunate. So this morning I turned my shower all the way up. I 
went to go take my morning pee and then I came back and it was lukewarm and I said nope I'm not showering today yeah <laughs> um because I refuse to take a lukewarm shower when I'm paying that much to live in a dorm so yeah, those dorms are something else. <sighs> we have I never had issues with water when I lived at Adams last year and mm-hmm. living at Bell I we've had so many issues with water it's ridiculous mm-hmm. I'm so glad I we signed we signed a lease to live in an apartment in October because it was that bad yeah <laughs> so yeah um oh the like pat dry i should do that but i don't i just like (laughs) get all the water off so that i can get to my things um this says the last one is don't stint on birth control device maintenance Wash diaphragms, cervical caps, and spermicide applicators with soap and water after using them. Replace these items periodically as recommended, or they can fail to protect. Don't ne- no, don't neglect to clean vibrators and sex toys after use either. I don't have any experience with spermicide. I don't know if that's like common use anymore. Yeah, I feel like those aren't as common. Yeah, but I guess if you do use those, <clears throat> yeah, if you do clean them yeah Yeah, clean clean your applicators um that's another thing with just like the menstrual cup like make sure you clean it Mm -hmm. um anything that is going anywhere yes anywhere in there needs to be cleaned with unscented antibacterial soap yeah um it's just a big big deal i think to remember that those things are important to stay clean um what else do we have on here oh so we had a little bit of a so we're not sure exactly what the the medical doctors say but there are certain things that you should and should not use as lube in experience um in my experience do not use vaseline just don't do it just don't use vaseline i heard a horror story about someone using mayonnaise oh Oh my gosh! I think my nurse friend told me that one time. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, no, like that's that's, that's it. Yeah, that's uh, the story. That, I, I feel mean. like at that point you should just like. If you're that desperate for something, just yeah. I don't know why mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, like <laughs> of all the things. Yeah. You're only supposed to use water-based lubricants with with condoms, condoms because oils can break down the latex. But if you're using polyurethane condoms, it's okay to use oil, from what I understand mm-hmm. um, and what I've read. So that is important. I think, to be completely honest, I think I'm going to say that for me, I try to stick to, like, what is formulated to be lube, right? Yeah, so like, safest. Yeah, so what I can buy at the store that is supposed to be lube. Um, I know that KY, which is, like, a very... Um, my experience with that is that it has um, ingredients that synthesize to be sugar. So I would say do not use that one um, because I have had experience with it causing yeast infections because mm. you put anything that is um, sugary substance. <laughs> it will, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will um, attract yeast So because yeast feeds on sugars. So... That's my experience with KY. I would not use that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have g- had good experiences with the lubes that are um, organic or made with, like, aloe um, in them. I've had good experiences with those. Um, yeah, they're more expensive, but worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one time in my personal health and fitness class, my teacher did an experiment where she we blew up balloons and one person was rubbing a oil-based lube on the balloon and the other person was rubbing a water-based lube on the balloon and like just rubbed really hard you know kind of like having sex for a long time <laughs> yeah and the one that was oil-based popped yeah dang i did not know that and the one that was water-based didn't pop so Good to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really important to know those things because you do not want your condom to break, whether you're trying to prevent STDs or pregnancy. Um, yeah, that's just, that's scary. Very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pee after sex because you can, because of the, uh, I mean, 
the penetrative nature of the act. If you have a vagina of the act, of the act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I was writing my paper for my um, GCTY class, and I had to write about the different um, like modes of transmi- <laughs> transmission, and so I had to say because of the the behavior, the act of this, da 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 da, and so I'm used to that um, <laughs> formal language, but. <laughs> Because of the penetrative nature, um, it can kind of push bacteria in places you don't want it, especially your urethra, and you do not want a UTI. So make sure you pee, I think, within 30 minutes after. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's, it out. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it should be some obvious for some people, but I think, actually, I know a lot of women that are so lazy and they just don't do that. Yeah, and I know people who don't know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting all these UTIs. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, so that's important. <laughs> also, just, like, any penetrative um, thing. So if you have had, like, what's it called? I don't know. If you've... <laughs> what are you trying to say? I, if, I don't know. If you've been fingered, I guess. Oh, okay. Like, anytime something goes up anytime there. Anytime something goes up there, pee afterwards. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, a good rule of thumb. Yes. Um, and then we have the orgasm, exclamation point. Um, I think that, so I watched a TED Talk with um, a woman named Peggy Ornstein. She wrote the book Girls and Sex and did a lot of research on um, young women and their sex practices. And um, one of the things that she talked about is she said that she had um, talked to young women and they thought that it was um, <clears throat> it was a good experience if their partner finished, and this was with um, heterosexual women, so if their partner finished and it didn't hurt. Which, yeah. That's a sad way. It's a really to... sad way to think about your sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first bullet point is yes, you are entitled to your orgasm. It's so for for those of us who are in um, heterosexual relationships, it's really easy for the man to have an orgasm or to come in like layman's terms um, because it like requires no extra effort. It's just the actual act of penetrative sex is enough for them, but. I think a huge thing that is not talked about at all when um, in sexual education or anything is the communication aspect. Ask for what you want. If you are experiencing like a negative sex, um, negative sex in a relationship or in like even if it's a one night stand, like ask them to do what you want them to do. I think. Um, for the most part, most women cannot um, have an orgasm from simply penetrative sex. Um, there are some women who can. Good for you, girl. I can't. <laughs> um, but um, most women need clitoral stimulation. So whatever that is for you, whether it's oral or if it's, like, you doing it while he's doing his thing, like, you're entitled to get what you want and you're entitled to enjoy the experience too. So don't don't think that um, don't don't think that it's a good experience if he comes and it doesn't hurt. I think that's like so damaging. That's not fair. It's not know? fair. Like you can't have an orgasm. And if you don't know what that is yet, that's okay cuz I know like for me it took me a really long time to figure out like what it was. And I guess it just takes, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone or, like, you're repeatedly having sex with someone, just, like, communication and just, like, it takes time to, like, figure out, like, what it is for you. And then once you do figure it out, like, you're good to go. Now you know how to do it. And so if you don't know what it is, that's okay, too. Yeah. If you're not sure what it is and if you're not comfortable um, kind of exploring for yourself on your own, then try to, like talk about that with your partner if you have one and just like kind of go through the steps of like actually taking care of yourself in that way I think it's really important to for both parties to respect each other enough to make the other one want to enjoy the process I think and um I think that's another thing is like it's sometimes it can take more time for 
um, a woman to achieve orgasm. And, like, that's just, he should want to spend that time with you. Mm-hmm. Like, and if he doesn't, then maybe there's something you need to talk about. He's probably not the one. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably not the one for you. So, um, yeah. And that's what that's what we have to say about that's the orgasm. The tea, that's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we have our vaginal myths. There are a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that people believe that are just not true. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna be the myth busters today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> um, I know I loved myth busters when it was on. What a great show. Um, so the first one is vaginal stretching. If you have sex with a lot of people. Your vagina is not going to be looser because you've had sex with a lot of people. It's a muscle. Yeah, that's just dumb. And I've also seen that people think that, like, your labia will get, like, bigger. Like, if you have, like, a bigger labia minora, it means that, like, you've had a lot of sex with people, which is not true either. Yeah. Everyone comes in different shapes, sizes, colors, whatever. Exactly. I think that's another thing is, like, your vagina is not supposed to look a specific way. Like, they're, everyone's looks different, just like everyone has a different nose. Like, it's the same concept. It's just... We all just looked at each other's noses. <laughs> 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 Bailey had a side eye on Julie. She got <laughs> but yeah, like, it's the same. It's the same concept. Everyone has a different looking vagina, and that's okay. It's different colors. They're different sizes, different yeah. shapes. But only, like, one kind is, like, glorified. Yeah. Like, sought after. That has I to guess. do with porn culture, I think. Yeah. And just, like, the way that men see that in porn. And even women. Women watch porn, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that you see that and you're like, oh, should mine look that way? No. Yeah, and then you get all insecure thinking, like, what the heck's wrong with that? Exactly. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? And so I think that's a big thing is... Um, your vagina's not supposed to look a certain way. Yeah. No one, I, in my experience, unless you're, like, like really turned on, no one likes the look of any kind of genitalia. Like, penises aren't... You're not like, look at that. Like, that yeah, is, yeah, that's <laughs> gorgeous. It's a real good looking. Yeah. Real good looking. So it, it's not... It, and, like, when you are in the act, it's sexy to see it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, no one's going to look at it and be like, Mm, that doesn't look like what I saw in porn. Like, <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Or it shouldn't happen, and if it does happen, then just... Red flag. Yeah, yeah. just take care of yourself and be done with yeah. that for the night. Um, and, oh, um, you should bleed when you first have sex. I did not bleed when I first had sex. Um, the hymen is not a myth. It does exist. Some people can, um, <clears throat> how do you say, break your hymen? Yeah, yeah, some people can hymens, do that from yeah. tampons. Yeah, yeah. some people's hymens break from tampons. Um, it's common for, like, gymnasts mm-hmm. to not um, have that experience because they're, like, yeah. doing yeah. different leg things. And there's can. a lot of ways that you can break it just, like, in general in your everyday lifestyle. Yeah, for those that don't know, the hymen is the cherry. Yes. Quote, the like quote having quote. your cherry pop, it's, it's a sheath. Yeah, it covers your vaginal canal, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. cover it. It is like kind of a little bit over it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it it does, um, but I believe that it's just supposed to stretch. Yeah, when yeah. you're originally. Everyone's is different too. Some yes. people will cover up the whole thing. Some of them will mm-hmm. not. Like it's yeah. different for everyone, and that's why some people bleed, some people don't. Yes. Um. A big part of not bleeding is making sure that you take enough time before to get, like, wet enough or, like, aroused enough to go into penetrative sex and actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, kind of going back to lube a little bit, if you're not, if, like, you don't produce enough for it to be, like, comfortable for you, don't be ashamed to use lube. Because it can make the experience 100% more enjoyable. It's I have a thing that experience. For a reason. Yeah, exactly. I have that experience. I know that I need lube, and it makes it so much more comfortable. So if you need that, 
like make yourself comfortable during that experience it's not shameful to have to do that um yeah so if you do bleed that's okay if you don't bleed that's okay too um, again everyone is different everyone is different and everyone has a different experience and I think that's really important to like say um the next one is sex can hurt the first time sex will hurt the first time is what a lot of people are taught um but then on the other side so there's the sex kind of sex negative of like sex is gonna hurt the first time and you're gonna hate it mm-hmm. right and then there's the really sex positive of sex shouldn't hurt the first time if you're doing it right and I think both of those are really um, kind skewed. of negative and skewed because I know that um, for me personally, I had always thought, okay, sex won't hurt the first time if I'm doing it right. But it did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is this happening? Like, why am I – like, this hurts, but I sh- it shouldn't hurt because we did all the right things. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. Like, I have a shorter vaginal canal – and my, um, it was hitting my cervix every time. And that was just really painful. And, like, that's okay. Like, you just have to figure that out and figure which, like, positions work. And um, even, like, your, the timing of when you have sex, when you're on your cycle can affect that and all of those things. So, like, it doesn't have to hurt. It can hurt. But there's a lot of things that you can do to keep it from Yeah, and then I think that's the last one. Yeah. So, of course, there are tons of other myths. Yeah, there's tons of other myths. If but you're interested, do some research. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different myths on, like, there's websites that talk all about it and tell you all the different things that, um, that are kind of mythical about, mm-hmm. about, about sex, about the vagina, about anything. So, um, Make sure you're getting it from a good source. Though. Yes. There are a lot of good resources out there, yeah. so look for those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's lots of really awesome books, like the one that we read out of a little bit today. There's um, great resources on um, National Women's Health website, all kinds of stuff. Um, I would not recommend getting your information from Cosmopolitan. <laughs> um, or necessarily, like, social media. Yeah, don't believe everything you read on the internet because a lot of it can be contradictory or not necessarily backed up in medical fact. Um, Yeah, but uh, I think that's all for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Follow us on Instagram also. Yes, follow us on Instagram (laughs) at LadyBitsPod. Also, if you have any questions for us or want us to do a QA and a or have a really pertinent question, podcast topic that you want us to do we have an email so it's ladybitsemail at gmail.com because ladybitspod was taken so um, email us if you have anything um, that you want us to talk about we have some really exciting um, episodes lined up but just in case they change I'm not gonna say it so um, (laughs) get excited we're really excited about doing this for um, all our friends and um, those of y'all who listen that may not be friends with us. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so send us an email, follow us on Instagram, and we will talk to y'all next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>